Welcome to Interviewing the Experts Book Review, Happiness is a Serious Problem by Jeff Rickenbach. And this is a very fantastic book. I like this book a lot. Now, I'm not going to cover all of it because there's just so much to talk about with this book, but here are the some of the biggest things that were my personal takeaways from this book. And the layout of the book is pretty simple. He talks about an idea of happiness. Each chapter, you can read any chapter you want out of any order. They're all self-contained chapters. And a lot of the chapters are fairly short. You can, there's quite a few chapters where it's, here's the idea, next idea. So it's a very easy read and a very enjoyable read. Um, so first big takeaway, happy is a moral obligation. It is your duty to yourself, to your loved ones, to society, for you to be as happy as you possibly can be. Because when you're happier, you're nicer, you do more things, you're more effective, you are more caring, you do so much more when you're happy. So being happy is a moral obligation. Next one, happiness is work. Happiness is not just a state of being that you get to without effort. It takes work to be happy. It doesn't take a whole lot of work to be miserable. Everybody can be miserable. Miserable's easy. It sucks, but miserable's easy. You don't have to try to be miserable. You have to try to be happy. Next one. Be, disfa- be dissatisfied, but not sad. So it's okay to be um, dissatisfied with where you are in life, what you want, um, what you're accomplishing, uh, with how life is, but do not be sad about it. Uh, you can still have goals, work towards them, and be happy while doing that. Next one, everyone has demons and are great actors. He phrases it a little differently, but I really like this one because just assume everybody has the world ending, that they're all stressed and going through all sorts of crazy problems. And just remember that you put on a nice face and you say everything's fine and dandy and whoopie-doo-yah, and everyone else does too. So quit comparing yourself to people and being like, wow, I wish I was happy as them. For all you know, you could be much happier. You could have much less problems. Um, that's the other part of it. Don't assume that just because somebody acts happy doesn't mean that their life has been perfect. And like, well, if I had, if I didn't have any problems like they didn't have, I could be happy too. It's not how it works. You have to choose to be happy. And you can have all sorts of problems still going on, but you still have to choose to be happy. Next, celebrate the fortunate things in life, even when your life sucks. So, I have a whole bunch of crap going on, and I'm sure you have a whole bunch of crap going on, but when was the last time you were thankful for water? I, um, when, during Thanksgiving, everybody in my church was doing a social media thankful for thing and one of my friends posted thankful for water and I kind of laughed and I was like you're thankful for water and then I thought about it and I was like you know I'm kind of thankful for water too without clean drinking water life would be so much harder there is people in this world today who walked five plus ten plus miles to go get some water and brought it back and they had to carry that I have to turn a tap and I have clean water Easy peasy. So focus on the fortunate things. Focus on the thing that you accomplished. 
I can be happy about getting this episode done today because I, even though I have lots to do, I'm still somewhat meeting my obligations. I know the quality has gone down a little bit, but I'm still trying to meet my obligations and I can be happy about that. I can be proud that I'm still getting things done and still hopefully providing value to some of you and I can celebrate that and enjoy the fortunate things that I have in my life. Next, don't focus on the missing tile. Now this is very useful. Um, basically, it goes back to the being dissatisfied but not sad. If you only focus on what is missing, especially when you have no control of filling that missing thing, then you're going to be sad. Great example of this is Let's say you're a married couple and you can't have kids. You can either be focused on the fact that you don't have kids and be all miserable, or you can focus on your love for each other. Um, let's say there's a girl you like. Uh, and she's really nice and you guys enjoy each other's company, but she likes somebody else. You can be sad the fact that she likes somebody else, or you can just enjoy your time with her. Maybe you didn't get that promotion, but you still have a great job and you like your co-workers I know that's easier found easier said than found but maybe you do so don't focus on what's missing focus on what's there next is the hap is several combined of what isn't happiness and the first one is success is not happiness and kind of funny for me to talk about on a success podcast but if the reason why you are trying to be successful is so that way you can be happy, then you're never going to be happy. You, In fact, you will get worse and worse the more successful you become. They are not tied to each other. You can be making um, 15K and be happy, and you can be making 100 million and be happy. It doesn't matter. It just depends on you choosing to be happy and focusing on being happy. Now. I want you to be successful, and notice I use the monetary success. My definition of success is, again, the four attributes of success. Money is one of them. Happiness is another. Most people's definition of success is money, and that's what money and being successful in your career and things like that. Um, and that's how he was using it. Success does not equal happiness. I think you can't be successful unless you're happy. But the things that make you successful in business and finance and all that stuff is not the same stuff that makes you successful in happiness. That's why I talk about money one month and happiness a different month. So success is not happiness. Next up are the three funds. And it is amusement isn't happiness. Pleasure isn't happiness. And forced celebration is not happiness. And let's talk about amusement. Amusement, distraction, funny videos, um, sports, all of those things, distractions that occupy us. And we are such a amused oriented society, oriented, oriented society, um, that we just want to be happy. If I don't amuse you with this podcast, it doesn't matter the material that I have to present to you and how beneficial it could be for you. If I am boring and sound dull, you're not going to want to listen to me. So, amusement has its role, but it is not happiness. Next, pleasure. Pleasure is not happiness. I have a quote, my own personal quote, and it is, do not sacrifice long-term happiness at the cost of short-term pleasure. Pleasure feels good, but most of the time, pleasure comes at the cost of happiness. 
perfect example of this and an, one of the reasons why I think getting your monetary success up is important is because you eating a fast food cheeseburger tastes really good. It's really pleasurable, but it not, it's not good for you. It damages the parts of your brain that produce happiness and makes it that much harder to be happy. It feels good when you eat it. Mmm, yum. But it comes at the cost of happiness. And why money is useful in this is because the more money you have, the more focused you can be on eating quality stuff, going to the chiropractor so you're in less pain, all sorts of health-related things, um, doing more charitable stuff that you want to do. That also leads to happiness. So that's where the money part comes in. I kind of wanted to talk about that earlier, but I forgot, so I was chewing it in here. But pleasure is not happiness, and a lot of times pleasure comes at the cost of happiness. And the last fun ha happy fake thingy is forced celebration. Forced celebration is the thing is kind of like holidays and birthdays and stuff like that. We're supposed to be having fun and aren't you happy to have all this chaos? Truthfully, I am not a big fan of Christmas. Um, it is a whole bunch of chaos. There's a re I like Thanksgiving much more than I like Christmas because Thanksgiving there's really only two focuses. Cooking the food and then eating the food with your family. Thanksgiving, there's all sorts of chaos going on, and what if they didn't like their present, and what if you didn't like your presents? There's so much more going on during Christmas. So I don't like Christmas that much. I like the idea of Christmas, and when I have a family of my own, I will put in, I will celebrate Christmas how I like to celebrate Christmas. But just because you're supposed to be celebrating something does not mean you're happy. Next takeaway. Fun is spices. You need fun in your life. Fun is fun. You need to enjoy life, but fun is a spice. We put spices, you don't eat straight spices. We put spices on our food. I'm using spices as any form of seasoning um, to make the food more enjoyable. You're still eating the main food. It's just the seasonings and the spices that is making that food more enjoyable and not a chore. You want to have delicious food, not lame, boring food. Next takeaway, and this one I found interesting but is also kind of hard to talk about, and it is expectations make you sad. It is important to remember that expectation is assuming you'll get what you want. That's the definition of expectation in this book. Um, so, assuming that you'll get what you want makes you sad. Because think about it, if you assume that you're going to get it, you're not grateful for when you get it. But if you don't get it, then you're disappointed. And that's what he's meaning by expectations make you sad. Now, he also very clearly clarifies that this is not the same thing as positive thinking, as optimism. Um, you can assume for the best and you can hope for the best, but if you're expecting the best to happen and when it doesn't happen, that's when you get sad. You can always hope for the best. I always hope for the best. I'm very... I. Actually, I'm naturally very pessimistic, but I try to be very optimistic. And I'm always hoping for the best. I do plan for worst case scenarios because I'm pragmatic at the same time, but I'm always hoping for the best. I'm like, well, this time it'll work. But when you expect it and you're not grateful for the things that you get, and when those things don't pan out, you're sad. So don't expect things. Pursue things, have goals, plan, hope, be optimistic. Be grateful for the things that do happen. Uh, he uses a great analogy that I thought was cool. 
Apparently, lots of people in other cultures, in other countries, other than America, clap whenever their plane lands because they're grateful that the plane landed and they didn't die miserably. And it never occurred to me to clap when my plane landed. I was like, oh, cool, we're here. Time to get off this stupid thing. And so that's an example of the other side of the expectations, which is if you're expecting it, you're not happy when the thing happens. You're just assuming and it's okay. You're not grateful for it. The next big takeaway, and I noticed that um, Wednesday's episode was not very popular. I don't know if that was because of my voice or the subject matter. But the next takeaway is religion gives you a purpose to suffering. And when you have a reason behind the suffering, he was very specific. It doesn't matter what religion. But when you have a reason to the suffering then it's easier to cope with suffering instead of believing that it's just a terrible, you got a terrible lot in life and life just sucks. Guess what? Universe doesn't care. When you have a religion and there's a point to the suffering, it's easier to handle the suffering and be happier. Next big takeaway, victimhood. I hate victimhood. I've talked about victimhood before. You can't be successful with a victim mentality. He talks about it here too. You can't be a victim and be happy. He also clarifies that there's a difference between um, perceived victimhood and actual victimhood. If you're getting, um, if you're a wife and you're getting beaten, or if you're a husband and you're getting beaten, then there is some victimhood happening and you should take care of that. But when you go through life with the attitude of, woe is me, why is everything out to get me? Why is society so harsh against me? I can't do anything for myself. You're never going to be happy. You're never going to be successful. So you can't be a victim and be happy. Next one, choosing to be insulted. It absolutely ticks me off when I say something, and I will admit this is a failing of mine, but it absolutely ticks me off when I say something that I don't mean at all insulting, and the person gets highly insulted. Like, you hurt my feelings. No, you chose to interpret what I said in the worst possible way and that hurt your feelings and i will freely admit i do it too we all do it but you're choosing to be insulted 90 percent of the time you are assuming the worst and assuming that's what they meant if somebody's not purposely being insulting then you probably shouldn't be insulted and when you're easily insulted and everything is an insult and that's offensive you're not going to be happy next takeaway and Actually, the last takeaway that I wrote down. Circumstances do not equal happiness. Uh, that goes back to the your lot in life. Some people have it easier than others. That's just a fact. Some people have it appear to be easier than others. And then behind the scenes, their life is an absolute mess. But there is millionaires and people in poverty who are both sad and happy. There is people who are single and happy and people who are single and not happy. There's people who are going through divorce and are ecstatic because they're finally rid of that crazy person. And there's people going through a divorce that are absolutely miserable. That one's a little more predominant on the uh, miserable side. But the example he uses is you can, you're bald. you You claim that you are sad because you are bald. And life's just that much harder because you're bald and all you see when you walk into a room is hair. And he makes the point of, well, if it was really your baldness that made you sad, then every single bald person in the world would also be sad. That's not the case. So, 
your circumstances, your problems, the things that you are going through in life, because everybody's going through crap, do not determine whether or not you can be happy or not. Now, he doesn't make this claim, but I do, that certain circumstances make it so much easier to be happier than other ones. But your level of happiness is still a choice. Sometimes it's easier than not, but it's still a choice and you have to choose to be happy. You have to choose to focus on the happy things. And again, easier said than done. I almost was in tears just before I recorded this because I was focusing on sad things. But this is a fantastic book. I highly recommend it. I only covered a tiny portion of it. So go read, go listen to the rest of the book. And it, again, it is happiness is a serious problem. And hopefully this episode's a little more popular than last episode. But regardless, I will see you all next week.